Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. This week on All Things Cozy, we're tapping into our powers of intuition, a gentle passenger that guides and helps us make predictions to live our most authentic and coziest lives. Here to lift the veil on the skill is Mia Simone, avant-garde intuitive consultant. Welcome to the podcast, Mia. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you both so much for having me. Um, I just love both of your energies are just so complimentary. And um, yeah, it's just really nice to be able to have a quick chat with you and about all things cozy and what makes us cozy, (laughs) particularly after the pandemic. Um, I think people are really still struggling with that. And we need all things cozy now more than ever, really, in the aftermath. Well said. I agree. Especially in our, you know, the context of social media, there's so much noise. <laughs> so it's always good to calm down with some coziness. And what a perfect topic to fight through some of that noise by listening to our intuition. So we're really glad to have you here today to guide us through that process and also perform a reading for us. Really excited so about exciting. that. So <laughs> exciting. Thank you. Let's kick it off, though, by checking in with what's cozy in our lives. Mia, can you start us off? What's making you feel cozy this week? Well, a couple of years ago, I came across a candle called, um, the company is Antic Dote Candles, and they have little um, stories on the, actually on the um, candle itself. And Scents are so pure and incredible. It's like the science of scent. And I love burning them before and after readings. And they really keep me cozy. It's interesting because when I first read the description on the website, it talked about how important um, storytelling is and how we associate scents and things like that with it. And being able to um, purify the air around us and have a sense of that going out not only the story that's a reflection of ourself, but the scent and associating those two. And it's very calming, actually. The way they mix the candles and they're all natural with coconut wax. And it's interesting because it sounds simple enough, like making candles is really easy, but not when you're perfecting them. And I'm allergic to so many scents now after, um, you know, having long-term COVID. And I've never, ever had a reaction to any of these. They're just amazing. And they feel like they, I don't know, envelop my spirit somehow. And especially if I've done a reading and, um, you know, there's a lot of like heavy emotional residue left in the room, then I light the candle and it really just clears it out. And inevitably, anyone who walks in will say, wow, this feels so peaceful. And, you know, when we could have just been talking about something that was very controversial or upsetting or I never get anyone saying that they're having a great day or a great year in my practice. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, that's really an interesting perspective for candles because most of the time we think of it as a a light topic, but um, it can be used in such a powerful way to to cleanse a room and reset 
it's not something I, I really thought about often in terms of candles. And it's interesting how it fits into your practice. Yeah. And by the way, I had no idea that you guys were rating candles or so into candles before I chose <laughs> that. I kept getting candle, candle. And because initially I had thought of something else that was keeping me cozy and then I kept gravitating toward the candle. So I thought that was interesting. Wow, we already have a connection going. Yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. It's definitely accurate. <laughs> That's cool. You know, the best format for an olfactory experience is to record a podcast about scent. <laughs> I actually had to look up olfactory last night. I looked that word up, I came across it, and I thought, wow, what is that? And it is very interesting, you know, the, these words that, yeah, we never hear them, but um, they're so relevant with regards to candles and scents. And Right. And, and you're yeah. absolutely right. The connection to memory is the most powerful with scent. That, that, that's mm -hmm. the direct line to our memories. Absolutely. Yeah. Julian, how about you? What's making you feel cozy this week? Well, for context, Mia, since I don't know how far you got into the podcast going back in our episodes, but when I was growing up, I had a deep love of frogs. I still have a frog that I had since I was eight. His name is Tad. He lives with my mom, actually in the basement. <laughs> But he likes it down there because it's dark and that kind of frog likes darkness. That's neither here nor there. So I was really, <laughs> I was really into frogs. And one of the middle school teachers, when she's reading the class roster, is the first day of school or something like that, said, oh, Jillian Walters, oh, you're the frog girl, right? And that really changed things for me. <laughs> Because early 2000s, the height of Abercrombie and Fitch, like all that kind of stuff, you really don't want to be known as the frog girl. Oh, so yeah, I, definitely. <laughs> Unless you're really into the peace frog shirt, then that was perfect. <laughs> so I kind of dis not distanced myself from frogs. I mean, I just grew out of it, I guess. And now I'm really going back into my love of frogs. I'm revisiting it. I'm having a renaissance with frogs. And so a part of that is this Facebook group called Frog Spotting. You, it's private. You have to join us to say what your favorite frog is and that, you know, you're not a hateful person. <laughs> it's very easy. <laughs> it's very easy to get in. And they just share everything from pet pics of frogs to food shaped like frogs, cakes decorated with frogs. Um, they have really cute animations uh, of frogs. So um, there is this one, a felt frog. And the felt frog is putting on a little cute felt coat and he's drinking tea out of a thimble. So these really cute animated things. And then there's this um, birthday frog chart. So, you know, those little graphics that have your the month and the day and then you put the two together and it makes a name. It could be from any different topic. And so this one is, you know, what's your frog name? And my frog name would be Exquisite Mud. <laughs> Julian, I'm going to exclusively refer to you as exquisite mud moving forward. I hope you know that. Yeah, it's just it's just cute. Like art, some people have frog tech tattoos and just the genuine love of frogs. Man, I could just look at frog spotting all day. Pep, you pep found your people. Step. I was gonna say a pep in my step, but it puts a leap in my step. <laughs> wow. We're leveling up in so many ways today. You know, so, yeah. it's it's really interesting also because there is so much um, magical storytelling around 
frogs, right? You kissed the frog, you turned into a prince and all kinds of like magical stories around that. So that's interesting. I think sometimes we can actually like relate to those, um, those stories without even like realizing we're just picking up the energy from it and drawn to something for a reason that perhaps is unconscious to us, because I have a feeling there's a lot more behind your attraction to frogs than what you just stated. You're right. I never thought about it like that, how our interests, they might seem so random, but they do have a deeper connection and maybe that magical aspect or... Always. Yeah. Very interesting. Always. Yeah. Which I'm going to, I'll talk about more later. (laughs) (laughs) So I have some interesting things to say about that. So... I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to leap right in. (laughs) Matt, what about you? Well, thank you, Exquisite Mud. Um, What's making me feel cozy is really simple. It is an omelet sandwich uh, Mm. prepared by a chef at an L.A.-based French takeout bar called Maison Matho. I think his name is Daniel Matho, Matho, the chef. And it's such a simple concept. You just put a fluffy cheese omelet on a baguette. For whatever reason, it was like I had never... It blew my mind. I couldn't... uh, An omelet on bread as a sandwich? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And the bread might be the best I've ever had in my life. You know, sometimes a baguette can hurt my gums or whatever, like when you're chewing it and the crust is too hard or crispy and it's almost sharp. That's not like that at all. It's like a nice, gentle, crispy outside and perfectly fluffy, soft interior. And the best part about this experience was that when I grabbed the takeout from the bar, it was delivered to me personally by the chef in full French chef regalia. Like it was the tallest chef hat I've ever seen in my life. I think he was eight feet tall. It was, (laughs) I'm pretty sure he had a rat under there. I highly recommend if you do visit LA, check out Maison Matho on Melrose. Order the omelet on a baguette. It's really great. Gonna have to do that. Sounds delicious. It does, yeah. How's the atmosphere there? Is it like supportive of the good food experience? Oh yeah, definitely. I think everyone seemed really excited to get their food, but it wasn't so crowded. You know, sometimes you go to a hip place and it already you have there's this high bar set by all mm-hmm. the attention it's getting mm-hmm. and i felt like it was that perfect amount of fans were there to get their meal but it was not overly crowded and it didn't take too long it was like it's all it's all outdoors there's no interior you just walk up there's like some bistro tables outside if you choose to eat you know right outside the restaurant but we just uh grabbed her bag and walked home. Mm. <laughs> yeah that was my wow. actual my next question that if it was crowded because those kinds of places where there's a hot sandwich or it's a really good sandwich, kind of the line snaking down the block. But it sounds like it was a perfect balance, not too. Yeah. You know, what, what might have been uh, helping us is that it was a gray Saturday morning and <laughs> Angelinos don't wake up typically before 10. That was one thing. We were there before 10 a.m. And it was kind of cloudy outside, which I think is like for Angelinos, everyone just stays inside. It's like, oh, it, it looks like it could possibly rain. I can't <laughs> take one foot outside today. Very true. So I think that helped also. Matt's from Chicago or the Illinois area, and I'm from Long Island. So we know we're out there early yeah, with the clouds. clouds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to well, go. I grew up in Oregon. Oh, <laughs> so you're really used to clouds. clouds yeah. <laughs> and I love Portland also. And yeah, Same, yeah it's lovely. I haven't been there in a while, but yeah, it's such a lovely place. Love it. 
Very cozy. Yes. Well, I guess we'll get into chatting chatting with you. We're so excited, like we said, and so thankful that you came on. Every time we have a guest, it feels like a we bagged a celeb, and this is no different. So getting into transitioning, and speaking of transitions, autumn is a reflective time with the quieting world outside allowing us more space for our thoughts. And with that, we often start noticing more to the point where we may predict things before they even happen. So does that mean we're psychic? Well, not quite. As avant-garde intuitive consultant and o- owner of Prescience Life, did I pronounce that right, Mia? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mia of Simone will explain. Mia will also share a practical guide to harnessing our intuition, ending the chat with a personal reading for us. Welcome again, Mia. We're so excited that you're here. Thank you so much again for having me. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I think I tend to think of autumn as a time to go inward simply because it gets dark early. And if you're out somewhere and be cozy inside and um, but really all seasons are good times of reflection. And um, you'd mentioned um, predicting the future. First of all, everyone is psychic and there's nothing really mystical or magical about psychic. I feel that it's kind of gone off the rails with different ways people have portrayed it through movies and, you know, that like people are some type of freaks or, you know, all kinds of things and, or that we know everything or we're mind readers and Honestly, if you start from a very basic point of just the ability to feel empathy, which means to put yourself in someone else's shoes, that also is a form of being psychic or intuitive because you're picking up on the cues, the feelings, um, you know, which can come from all kinds of different places. And when we look to the future and we think about predicting the future, it's not actually that we're just predicting the future. There's always a seed of something occurring. And I think particularly in the fall when things slow down, like we tend to have more awareness around us just in general. And also because we're spending more time inside, obviously. So, um, you know, it brings about more awareness and we tend to think about things. And everyone has premonitions, whether through dreams or um you know, I, anything could be a tool of what we would call divination, meaning you turn on the radio and the first song you hear, or, you know, oftentimes because everything's cyclical, the sun, the moon, the earth, and there are patterns present in our lives that if we look carefully, they're re- repeating constantly in various ways, even if it's with different people that we don't know. Like, for example, you know, if you constantly experience people asking too much of us or something like that, and we're having a difficulty time saying no, and it's not just that it's a conspiracy and everyone out there is like that. It's typically has to do with something that a pattern that they're matching the other side of the pattern, if that makes sense. And I think, yeah, when we go into the fall, we just start to notice these things more and more. Yeah, definitely. And you touched on that intuition that we all have. And it mirrors what you said in an interview with Mystic Mag, that everyone is born with intuition. And with that, I'm wondering, do you believe that some people are born with stronger intuitive skills than others? And if so, did you feel at a young age 
that you had a knack for reading people and situations? And if so, how did you grow that and cultivate it? Well, it's interesting to me when I look at all things intuitive, it has more to do with science and our brain. Some people are very out toward electronics and computers, and they have very logically driven minds. And intuitives are very, um, you know, more feelings oriented and, and observing. And we tend to uh, look to our interactions for deeper interactions that are high value interactions, as opposed to somebody who's highly analytical. So yes, some people definitely are born more intuitive. And I would be on that side of the scales and empath. And Jillian, I think you're an empath also. So it's much easier for us to understand the concept of things being non-local or non-linear, because we tend to be dreamers more. Where someone with a um, you know, very logical mindset, and they're trying to look at things and make it like mathematics, you know, and there's always a certain answer. It's a very different kind of thought process than working around feelings and building our lives around that. And if that makes sense. No, that makes that makes complete sense. And it's, you definitely have a marriage between the two with your your business science and, and intuition. And my apologies for not uh, addressing that first. Can you tell us a little bit about your your business and your, and your work in general and your, your your mission with your practice? Well, I just want to bring credibility to what I do because when I see people hanging out a sign with a crystal ball and just bringing people in and saying they have a curse on them and you know, things like that, it just feels like it's very degrading to everyone involved. And I'm sure there are some people out there that are actually legitimate, but most I feel are just built around um, making money. And the point I think is whether you have more of an analytical mindset or an intuitive mindset is that anyone can evolve that intuition, which first comes with understanding how we respond to things and what kind of information we receive and how we receive it and the ability to perceive the information that's coming to us and decipher it. And so I do readings, which I call active readings, and where I just have people ask me a question. I feel it's been much more productive than just someone coming in and you know, I'm telling them like a bunch of random things. And then I have another part of the business where I coach people to develop and evolve their intuition in ways that are meaningful to them, the way they receive information and um, the way they understand themselves. And um, it's interesting because I find most people used to come in for romance. Now my number one is work situations, but people are asking for someone to love them and um, treat them with utmost respect when they don't actually know themselves or, you know, what they want, or there's a lot of incongruent messages. And so intuition is also understanding about what types of um, inconsistencies, incongruencies we're creating in our, in our life and how we can make everything congruent. And one of the examples I like to use is the be actors that you just know that performance or something off, it's not quite convincing where another actor can say something about hot dogs, and you're just bawling, you know, because they're so <laughs> emotional, and you feel so moved. And, you know, it's because they, um, 
are congruent in their actions, tonalities, facial expressions. And so, um, you know, intuition is making sure that we're congruent in our desires and our life and also being able to detect that in others. Where are there inconsistencies or incongruencies or, um, you know, how can we tell what's going to occur in the future? So those are the things that I like to focus on. You mentioned that people come to you looking for love and guidance, especially now about work is a lot of the the focus of uh, what's on people's minds when they come to see you. But I'm curious, what is your experience as you conduct a reading? What feelings and thoughts come your way? And how do you organize that information that you receive? That is really challenging, um, depending on the individual, because if you're more analytical mindset, it's much more subtle uh, energies that I'm looking at because, you know, energy just travels like a cell signal or anything. It travels and it contains information that I'm deciphering, right? And if somebody who is an empath comes in, they're typically much easier to read. And I like to keep my eyes closed, first of all, so I can maintain a space of neutrality because if I'm judging someone or watching their facial expressions or something, chances are it's not going to be accurate information. That's my number one thing is just to give accurate information. Also, for me, I don't apply like any preconceived ideas about religion or philosophy or anything. I know many, many psychics say, you know, this is what occurs after we die or this is what happens or and I'm very much. Um, trying to understand the laws of physics and cause and effect and not have any preconceived ideas about what could or couldn't happen in someone's life and just give them the basic information. So that's the process that I go through is just maintaining that space of neutrality and holding a space for someone to be able to open up and process whatever they're going through emotionally because no doubt whatever question they're asking everything has a very high emotional value on it. Um, so it's very difficult sometimes to not judge someone or not, you know, no one's higher power and to be able to guide them and give them different options. I try to never tell anyone what to do, but just help them understand like their strengths and um, try to help people focus on what they're really good at because we don't need more mediocrity. Like, you know, we want to focus on um, what we're, we're really good at and capitalize on that rather than struggling with things that may seem more practical. Yeah, I love that, that you, because everyone brings baggage to a conversation and, ex- yes. and an experience. And by closing your eyes, like you said, you become a neutral space, which I'm sure makes them in turn feel safer as well. Yes. And also just, I don't want to put my, interject my own issues or, so I try to Mm -hmm. make separations from my own life prior to the, the reading. And, um, you know, people come in with all sorts of things and oftentimes, um, they feel that I'm the only one that they can talk to Mm -hmm. because it's private. I'm not involved in their life. And, um, you know, oftentimes people have experienced things that they don't feel comfortable Um, Maybe they come from a Christian family or they don't feel comfortable because there's some type of, um, you know, issue their belief or um, they're just embarrassed what they're talking about. So um, it gets really tricky because I never know. I have to prepare myself for everything, basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, another part of your your readings, I believe, is is if I make sure I got this correct, that you read auras as well. Well, I read the, the energy we, mind. We yes, we all have electromagnetic fields, yes, and yes, that's basically what I feel I'm tapping into, and those patterns or those cycles uh, that are that we create. Um, you know, it's interesting because there's uh, machines that can actually create a baseline of our emotional state without even hooking us up to anything. And apparently there are probably, I think last I heard, 86, 87 percent accuracy. Um, and they're simply just reading the signals that are coming from your heart and your mind oh. to establish that baseline of what type of individual are you. Um, you know, a lot of that also comes from what we would think of a lie detector test or, and that kind of demystifies like the psychic world, I think, when we start looking at science and how that's involved. Yeah, learning so much, even just in our short conversation so far about how science is, is merging with the intuitive aspects and how you utilize both of those skills. It's, it's really impressive, but also you know, extremely, extremely interesting. It's like, I want to know more and all the, all the details and unpack it and um, all that good stuff. And so I know, so you said there's electromagnetic field and, and waves and that you read that. And in terms of when, you know, the stereotypical thing, when people say auras and they're different colors and, and things like that, that's, that's completely separate from, from that. Well, everyone has their different style of reading. And, um, you know, a lot of them are built behind different philosophies or religions or based on what they believe. And it's interesting, because earlier, when you asked me about, um, you know, my own intuitive abilities, I, uh, you know, struggled through school. And I thought something was wrong with me. I thought that I was slow. I was always told that and didn't do well. And then I realized at one point in my adult life that I view things in a very different way. And I live in a very different world where I relate and interact differently. And that that was my intuition and things that are extremely subtle and difficult to detect. Most people don't notice. And that was the world I lived in. And it made it really difficult for me to just connect and to learn in the way that, you know, traditional curriculums were being taught in school. And, um, and it was really just that I was very empathic and picking up on things around me that other people didn't understand. Mm. And it's distracting too. It's hard yes. To <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And I'm an avid reader now because I understand about how to own and ground my space and try to, um, you know, filter out the outside sources coming at me. But um, it, it's been a really interesting experience for me to just, kind of decode that and realize that it's just a, um, you know, something that I was born with. And I did um, pass as a baby. And there's a lot of theories. Um, Dr. Melvin Morris, he was a pediatrician, and he studied children who had crossed over as, you know, babies or children and come back. And he realized that it gave them a greater degree of access to um, different parts of their brain that are the intuitive part. Mm. And 
he realized that after following those children for years that they would see things that no one could know and they were quite detailed things and he didn't believe in anything to do with intuitive or he was all about pizza and football and but he noticed that phenomenon started studying it and i believe that it you know, since my brain was deprived of oxygen, it actually did probably alter it in some way, which, you know, probably created some type of inability to learn in a normal environment and, you know, boosted those um, intuitive abilities up there. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah. That's fascinating. When you were young, did you notice you might have been a little different? How did you process that? Or what were some experiences that you had navigating that in school or in life? Like, was that difficult? It, yeah. I mean, I know this is all things cozy, <laughs> but it was, uh, uh, you know, really, really difficult for me. And um, it, it, like, I just didn't connect to the outside world. And I was always a loner and didn't understand the outside world. So yeah, it really isolated me. And a lot of different ways, particularly when I would see things that um, other people didn't understand or couldn't see. And I'd often say things that later would become true. So, um, you know, some people were fearful of me and um, others just thought that, you know, I had some form of autism or something because mm -hmm. I had difficulty um, speaking. And it's interesting because that communication connects us to the outside world. That's the primary function. And for me, it was just, um, it didn't make sense in, in my mind, because I was always so overwhelmed by feelings and just wanted to spend time alone by myself. And so I never fit in with other people. That's a lot to process, especially as a young person, just trying to figure out, you know, where you fit in and life period. <laughs> Even now, like you work in such a unique field, where do you go for advice and support yourself? Has it been, you know, easy or difficult to form a professional community? That has been really difficult to, uh, you know, connect with a professional community primarily because I find that um, people have this preconceived set of ideas or again, they're working off of a template that they learned about readings. And, you know, for example, I don't ever advertise myself as a medium. And it's not that I don't see spirits. But when I do it, something very specific, and, um, you know, it just, I don't know how other people experience that I don't feel that I have a direct connection to someone who's passed every time. I just have very different uh, styles. I don't believe everything happens for a reason. I don't believe in the law of attraction. And, you know, I think if we make things for a reason, that's great. But yeah, there are a lot of differences there that um, just don't um, uh, work together. And you think that it would, you know, bring us together. But um, oftentimes, people are just very set in their ways. And, you know, think that it, it is a specific way. But to me, the more I know, the more I learn, the more I find I don't know, anything. you know, kind of using the Braille system and going along with this. Yeah, I love your focus on that lifelong learning and openness to discovery and even the interdisciplinary approach that you have looking at all the different avenues to better understand the world around you. I think that 
is really distinctive. I could see how that would be difficult, like to even find people who have that similar level of openness. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I love reading about, um, you know, all different kinds of cultures or belief systems or, um, you know, it's really interesting because so many people um, like demonize, you know, like um, the temple of set or the Satan worshipers. Or, but if you actually look at it, tenants that were written about that specific, um, you know, system of belief, they're actually so much kindness involved in that. And I was really blown away when I actually um, read books. And although that is definitely not for me, I was really shocked how, you know, people just demonize things that they fear or that they Mm -hmm. don't understand. And that's also why when you ask if I go to someone, I go to science. Um, I love science and I do a lot of meditating. And the other thing I find, I used to see some intuitives here and there, and I understand that if they're not in a constant process of growth, then, um, you know, to me, it's about readings are about healing and growing and understanding ourselves and creating strategies to move forward. And, um, you know, they're not going to be able to keep up with the, what I've learned or what I understand, or if that makes sense, it's kind of ends up being out of sync. Mm-hmm. That's why I stick to science. <laughs> Yeah. And you use those and you use science and your openness and your intuition to heal. And that's, I think that's a constant thread throughout all of this is healing. And I'm, I'm sure growing into your business and your practice has also been healing for you as well. And, you know, we're, we're going, absolutely. Yeah. And we're going through such a difficult time as, as a collective group and in this universe. And it's, it's just really been tough as, as of late. And, you know, it's interesting how you brought up the fact that more people are coming to you for work-related readings. And it seems that because you have such a wide breadth of clients, you can kind of get a temperature check on the collectiveness that we mm-hmm. exist in. And I'm curious, based on your your intuition and all the skills and tools that you have, which are extensive, if you could, do you have any sense of where we're going as a, as a people, uh, any in 2023, do you think there's good tides of change that you can, that you can feel and um, sense for us going forward? Well, I think that really hinges on our ability to, um, you know, be able to connect with people and have empathy for them and, you know, try to, um, understand what the differences are and discuss those and um, not be threatened by differences, but help it, you know, mm-hmm. um, to be more and more in accordance with our own beliefs as we find out different belief systems and to be okay with that. And I think as a whole, it's interesting because the past couple of years, we've been just all over the map during the pandemic, we saw so many people coming together and helping others. And now it's kind of flipped flop. Um, I like to believe that ultimately, though, we're going in a good place. And I believe that cause and effect and all of my actions definitely are uh, affecting people, even if they're not around me, because Albert Einstein talked a lot about spooky actions at a distance and how, you know, once we connect with someone, it's impossible to 
um, not be connected to them. And we can actually pick up on feelings from people, even if they're at a great distance. And I think that um, just trying to wish happiness for others and understand what we're doing that's affecting other individuals is going to be a really good start to, um, you know, bringing uh, the earth into a little bit better balance, I think. I love that concept. I had never heard of it before because I always had imagined that there's alternative versions of me or the past is replaying over and over again. Like if I grabbed a cup of coffee five minutes ago, it's it's replaying in another universe and so that the energy continues to go on and on and that once we meet someone or touch someone or connect in the in some way is what you're saying that that energy that we put out is in in some way also affecting them still if I got it correctly absolutely yes and I've experienced that. I've actually tracked it uh, time and time again when, you know, I have a feeling a client's going to call and, you know, I'll jot it down and they contact me or I've done all kinds of things through what I call spooky actions at a distance. I've purchased um, black cell can bags for friends that were heavily on their minds, like all kinds of things that have occurred and behaved in some unflattering ways too, just from picking up on the energy to people that I may be close to. And having experienced that, I realize like it is really important for us to um, develop our minds and get to know ourselves. And I, the reason when I said earlier, I didn't like the law of attraction because it teaches us to always be positive. And I find that our feelings are there for a reason. It's only when we get stuck in them that it turns bad. And, you know, it's energy in motion or emotion. And we should experience anger and let it out or crying or what have you. And, you know, most often when we do, it will pass. And I think that um, that's started to kind of disconnect us because people want people to be positive all the time and, um you know, also just the internet and the way things are presented on social media. And um, there's so much focus on the way people's lives look as opposed to what they're actually living. Yeah, authenticity is all too rare. And it's so important. And also to connect with other people through the full range of emotions that we experience is important. And I think people do seek that out. But yeah, it, it can be there is often an external pressure, especially in a work context, like you said earlier, for this like consistent positivity that can be so difficult to maintain because it mm-hmm. lacks authenticity. Exactly. Yeah. And um, also just people that, uh, you know, jump into something and they're just performing, you know, it's more mediocrity and so many mm-hmm. people going into corporate jobs that have no business there and Um, just trying to brush through things or try to recreate, uh, you know, really successful companies that are, um, you know, run by people who really don't have a lot of empathy for the employees and Mm -hmm. making it about the profit as opposed to the experience. And I feel like I can feel all of that and what goes into that and how that energy is kind of disseminated out through the world. Well, maybe if everyone did cozy acts from a distance, <laughs> that's what I'm going to go forward with. 
<laughs> I love that. But, you know, I've never found more anything more cozy than having confidence in myself and, um, you know, being able to communicate, have, um, you know, just um, believing in myself that I can achieve something that I want and not having to worry about being judged or what other people are thinking. And that's the most cozy to me because we really can't relax if we don't know ourselves well and don't understand what's around us. That's well said. That all felt so good to hash out and and, and discuss. And uh, Matt, if you don't have any other questions, I think we can transition into the the reading if you're ready. You know, one thing um, with with you, Jillian, is that I, um, you know, I had listened to a couple uh, partial sessions and I just wanted to, usually when I hear someone's name, I can um, start getting images about them. And one thing I noticed is that you are like beyond an empath, like your uh, energetic structure is just, when I say fragile, it's extremely sensitive to all types of energy noises. You know, you're like the ultimate empath and also the highly sensitive person and I think oftentimes does give you like this feeling of just being vulnerable and trying to protect yourself and uh, know you're into writing. And it's interesting because I actually see in the future that you're actually going to be going into, um, I think, television. And I think it may have something that may be very strongly connected or related to intuitive or energy or, um, you know, the overall like foundation of it and lots of, um, you know, like a world platform. And it's interesting because I noticed that um, the, again, I, I didn't, I just, I didn't want too much information. So I only listened to parts of a couple sessions, but I noticed um, you did less talking, but I knew far more about you than Matt <laughs> did more talking, but I knew less about him. And I realize you're a little bit more in your uh, analytical brain and you're very much a um, anchor for Jillian. Like I really feel like, um, and I never say things like this, but there was a sense of like you guys being reunited from some past or, you know, some, some other time and that you're going to carry this forward. And I saw actually both of you, um, you know, doing a um, television production of some sort. And Matt, I'm not exactly clear what role you're playing, but there's a grounding, a very intense grounding for Julian, that she needs to carry this forward in the world because it's almost like you're you're kind of like a um, I I don't know like a warm cozy blanket <laughs> you know, for her that um, you know keeps her confident and is really um, you know quite supportive in that way and um, so I see you guys working together in the future on I think lots of projects and doing a lot of uh, philanthropic things together also. Um, and it's like, you know, even though you guys aren't partners, you're going to be business partners. And I think there's going to be quite a lot of um, monetary value to what you're doing. I think both of you are going to be pretty well off financially and really make an impact on 
the world. Um, because it seems to me like this is kind of getting deeper and deeper and all things cozy, I think is just going to keep um, getting into more and more detail and really um, the, uh, you know, um, foundation of people's lives that it's going to support. Um, and I don't know, that kept repeatedly um, coming up and standing out to me. And also just that I see just a lot of happiness and travel in the future. And Jillian, it's interesting because I feel like you're really learning how to own and ground your space. And please don't take offense to that because I'm still trying to learn myself. It's something really difficult to do where you can actually shield yourself from feelings that you're picking up on. Or and I think sometimes you can't know the difference, um, which is a hallmark of a true empath and putting yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, but I do feel that um, when it comes to the world and kind of shifting and changing, and I think that I can go so far as to say there are certain people who have such good natures and good hearts that they want good things for other people. And I feel that powerful combination between the two of you and that that is going to have quite an impact on the the earth, the world, you know, going forward in so many ways that no one could predict. And I do feel like this is a little ways off, but, um, you know, it seems like it's evolving also day to day as you guys kind of strengthen your bond in so many ways. And um, I really like that a lot because it's like a, a huge, you know, um, project to take on, but that's a direction I see and that you guys will be on TV. <laughs> well, you know, well, yeah, that'd be, that'd be really amazing to do any project with Matt, but to go on a different platform and to expand would be super cool. And I do agree wholeheartedly with what you said, that he is my little warm blanket um, <laughs> because I, I do like Matt knows I can cry at the drop of a hat. <laughs> it could be something. It could be listening to Sting's Field of Gold. It could be, um, you know, a memory I had <laughs> from, you know, years ago. And it could be something I read in the newspaper or, you know, when that horrible Miami building collapse happened, I was wrecked for weeks. Like I just debilitated me in a different way. And mm -hmm. so like new news really affects me and all that kind of stuff. And but you're right. I am trying to ground myself more, you know, in, in therapy and like realizing how emotions are separate from myself and how to, you know, not get so wound up in it and um, all, all of that stuff and definitely sensitive, like a little weather vane. Yeah, no, I think I think that's absolutely true about you, the, that Jillian is su you're such a sensitive person and it's something that is such a powerful trait. And I think it's even when I'm doing the show with you, I think it's listeners love to hear what you have to say because it's in tune with so much truth and honesty. I often even feel like when I'm with you, every minute little change in my energy or anyone around us, like you are so on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, she's to, like to, that barometer. <laughs> yeah, well, to yeah. that point where like I have to sometimes guard my own. Like I, I just need to make sure that, you, you know, you have like yeah. you don't even pick up on whatever anxiety I'm feeling because I know that would that that could affect you. Yeah, that's that's and that's very sweet. And I, I feel bad that you have to to manage it. But that, that's how Matt, that's how what no, a good friend it's, he is. It's not, I don't it's not like a burden. It's just like no. something I'm aware of. Um, like, no. Yeah, 
Because yeah. also, I don't think I can hide it from you. I just no, it's, no, no, I, I no. That's to... true. He can't. And, I, and that's sometimes like when I feel like he's frustrated, or I, it's so, and it could be he doesn't even realize it, but I could, I could sense it, and then that kind of unnerves me, and then I can't focus, and then it's just. So I'm trying to work better on focusing and not getting too distracted or like getting too wrapped up in or think that I caused it or that I could fix it and all whatever it could could be so well it's interesting because I think it goes both ways and that you're extremely supportive of Matt as well and understand how to hold him in the space that he needs which is quite different from what you need and um, Matt you're very interesting individual because you um like have this manliness about you but also a um, feminine aspect to you that really does understand how to um not just support jillian but i think everyone also like you just can tap in there and kind of give what's needed at the time and there's a certain strength in that i see you as being like consistently strong in your life and um always having some sort of um, direction that, uh, you know, built on values that you're not willing to compromise. And that's also really, really um, important. And I think that those two together make, you know, like a full brain, a full soul, because uh, it feels like, you know, even though, again, you're um, friends and that you complement each other and somehow... I don't typically say that things are meant to be, but I feel that you two have taken this and you're making it meant to be and building something from that. And, you know, your kindness isn't your weakness, um, <laughs> Jillian, <laughs> that's for sure. Because once you have the, you know, more boundaries in place, then you'll know for sure that, you know, um, your kindness is not your your weakness and yeah and matt and you're quite uh intelligent and just very um i would say quick-witted i think that um you have a very different way of looking at things oftentimes that can you know kind of um be very persuasive and change people's minds even though you may not be attempting to do so and <laughs> that's a you know um, an intelligence that's kind of lost in a way or explaining things very easily. Yeah. All true for Matt, I think. What do you think? Matt? Yeah. Yeah, no. And I'm also really excited about, you know, your, what you're picking up on about our partnership in the show, mm -hmm. because I do feel like this year in particular, we're trying a lot of new things and we're really hoping to um, grow our show. And I think we've started planting those seeds. So it's exciting to hear you say some of, you know, there's exciting stuff for us in the future. Very exciting and, you know, very meaningful because I think that people are able to learn from both of you without feeling threatened because you're not laying any type of belief system or you're just talking about, you know, positive, cozy things that really, that's ultimately what is going to impact our life, right? So those are the most important things and packaging those things up and making them very pretty and attractive and um, also, I like the fact that it doesn't look like you guys have a lot of social media. And um, even though you're doing the podcast, it I always feel like if 
the readings aren't about me because if they are, I'm either a charlatan or an entertainer. And I feel like it's the same with your guys' show. It's not about you because you're not charlatans or entertainers. You're trying to bring something of value to our world. And that is very special. And um, I think it's going to grow. So I think it's going to help change our earth and put us in a really good direction, not just your show, but, you know, people who um, want better things, better lives, better outlooks. Yeah, it's reflected in our Facebook group. There's never any fighting. It's just sharing recipes. It's support. It's just all, all goodness. So that always makes me feel good that, you know, your, your community is a reflection of yourself. And mm. in a yeah. case, then we're doing good. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find this Facebook page. I've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, our listeners are the best. They, yeah. they are the coziest. They, they really put us to shame in the cozy department they do. because the things that they bake and cook and the the spaces they create and the support and suggestions they have for each other are really incredible. Yeah, cozy minds and cozy hearts, <laughs> though that's what you two bring, and that's. Something that can't be manufactured or made or duplicated, right? So that's, we don't think of things like that, but they have intrinsic value. But those are actually the most important things. Yeah. Well, Mia, it's, it was such, such a lovely experience talking, talking with you and just hearing all of your thoughts. And I, we found a, another cozy friend. And I'm so glad you <laughs> found our community and we, we cross paths. I, um, speaking of that intuition, when I came across your, your website, I just had a, a good feeling. And when we connected over the phone, it was even even better. And so I'm glad that you could come on here and explain your, your craft and dispel myths and to also just, you know, really speak to the beauty of entwining of science and, and intuition and learning and growing and all of the things that we need to do to be our most cozy and authentic selves. Yeah, thank you again for having me. And, you know, I always find it so hard to just, this is such an endless topic, right? And so many different (laughs) aspects to it that it's really hard to narrow it down and have it make sense to people who may not know anything about intuition or who may think, you know, psychics are those ones with the crystal balls, the long nails, you know, or in a dark room or Um, yeah, so thank you so much for, for having me. And I just am a new fan. I'm going to start listening to you guys and really appreciate what you guys are doing, the work and everything. Thank you, Mia. And and thank you again. I I feel so much gratitude for you that you took the time to talk with us and share your experience. How can listeners receive readings from you? Where can they learn more about your work? Just Google Mia Simone. Um, They can go to my um, website, um, presciencelife.com, um, which is just the word pre-science and then, um, life. I always like to speak with people prior to booking them. If I don't know them, everyone always wants to know why I don't have a calendar and I have to be able to stack people appropriately. And I really want to connect with people. So, um, yeah, they can look me up on the website and give me a call or shoot me an email and ask for reading or coaching or uh, I create individual coaching sessions for people for intuition since we're all different around that. And we'll, and we'll have the link to your website in our show notes. Yes. Thank you so much. 
Well, that was such a lovely experience. Thanks again to Mia for joining us and taking the time to discuss her craft and incredible. give us a reading. It's moving. That was such a it was an incredible experience. I feel so and centered and calm. Crying about this later, probably <laughs> out of love because out of a good, a good way. But, yeah, I'm already wound down. I feel pretty calm, but maybe we can try to get even calmer by listening to some soothing sounds. I'll kick it off this week with a new track from New York rock band, Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, one of my favorite bands. The Yeah, Yeahs just came out with a brand new album called Cool It Down. Like We're that. all about cooling it down here, so very appropriate. And this new album, it brings it back to some of their more electronic sounds that they debuted in an earlier album called It's Blitz. And it's been a long time since they've come out with new music, so it's so exciting to have new Yeah Yeah's music. And this album is such a great balance of that hyper-energetic music that they bring um, with some really calming contemplative tracks. And I think Love Bomb is a good example of one of those calmer tracks. Um, has very simple lyrics about just wanting to be closer to the people that you love. Let's take a listen to... Love Bomb by Yeah Yeah Yes. It's so hypnotic. Yeah, it's a really stripped down song. And Karen O is really doing a lot of spoken word on this album, which I think is a really cool direction for the band. And I like the balance between the spoken word verse and the, as you say, hypnotic chorus, um, where she just repeats, come close, come close, come closer. Yeah, now. Her, her voice is like a cave I want to hybrid, hi- hibernate in. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds creepy, but <laughs> you know, she just has in general hypnotic voice, but especially with these beats yeah. and it's, it is very calming, romantic, sensual. It's like all the things. Would you clean to it, Jillian? I don't know if I would clean to it, but I, I think I would do my Redditing. Like, you know, <laughs> people don't know this. But on or my YouTubing, like I like to bop around on YouTube and watch random videos. Like one time I was logged into the All Things Cozy podcast email and Matt, I think Matt's like, why is there a Regis Philbin clip or something like There's just always, I like <laughs> to bop around. It was just Regis clips. That's all Jillian was watching and that so, day. And so this would be like my wine on Reddit. So yeah, so while you're watching Regis, you have some <laughs> just, love, love yeah, bomb on. Yeah, my deep dives. It, yeah, I think it is better for, I could see even myself, like I want to listen to this like before bed or it's, it's wind down yeah, music wind for down sure. Music. I, I love it. They'll be proper. Y- you need more, you know, you need that pep in your stuff while you're cleaning. <laughs> yes, so you need to get amped. But here I'm winding down. How about you, Jillian? What song is soothing you this week? Well, mine's a love song too. And it's from Courtney Marie Andrews called Satellites from her upcoming record, Loose Future, which will be out by the time this episode is out, October 7th. And she said of the song, I've written a lot of love songs, but there's always a tinge of heartbreak. But Satellite is a love song with caveats. I want to look forward and fall in love with the mystery of someone. Let love in without questioning or instigating. 
how it might hurt me. Sonically, I wanted to go to space. This kind of love is an earthbound. So (laughs) (laughs) let's take a listen to Satellite. It's a really pretty song and it takes me back to that simple folk music that feels like you just don't hear enough of anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, the the pureness of the song. It's very pretty. Well, I also love her David Bowie-esque outfit space. I want to be my Halloween costume. <laughs> She's wearing like this. It's hard to describe, but it's some white number and (laughs) (laughs) and yeah she's wearing she's riding a bike that's all silver with crystals on it yeah well right my alley yeah exactly jillian is definitely like googling how to get this bike (laughs) or how to make one herself um yeah like she's wearing this like very frilly chiffon luminescent jumpsuit yeah yeah it's a cool video it's very it's very simple yeah but effective speaking of simple and effective i have a candle ready to sniff that Hits all the right notes. All right. Tell us about it, Julian. We're <laughs> jumping right into it. <laughs> uh, I'll show you, Matt. Hopefully I don't drip wax. Let's see. I'm a little scared. It's called Psychic Sunshine. And we don't, we're not trying to use the word psychic here, but just happened to, I, I really like the label. That's why I chose it. You see, Matt? It's really pretty. It's like a watercolor um, orange and there's crystals and waves on it it's very pretty sparkles yeah and i imagine psychic sunshine to be a clearing of the mind you know happiness in your mind that's why i picked it out it was made by oregon-based artist rachel buyer and it cost 21 dollars for that uh, tin i have to look at the size uh, but i don't want to drip wax on me and rachel was actually very kind because i had it shipped to la and had to go to new york and she was she changed the shipment so she's she's a good egg and the description of this candle Essential oils of sweet orange, grapefruit, fir needle, and cedarwood support a positive mood and help to ground and purify the energy body. Quartz, and there's just words I can't say, um, foster psychic awareness, support mental clarity, and inspire creative breakthroughs. Lapis lazuli. Okay, there you go. Is, is the other thing besides quartz. that are uh, That's fostering the psychic awareness. It wasn't a curse <laughs> word. It's like, like words no. I can't say. Plus, um, <laughs> And, and as for buyer herself, um, she's passionate about healing, plant magic, crafting beautiful products by hand. And her mission is to help bring the scent, beauty, and healing vibes of nature into your home and self-care routines. And I say she does the job. It's a very bright, beautiful scent. It's it's light. It does smell like sunshine if sunshine was to be a scent. Very high in citrusy, orangey kind of um, things. And I'm excited to get those crystals out and dig them out at the end. So that's thrilling. Oh, so there's crystals in the wax. Yeah. There's crystals in the, or at least I maybe I imagine them, but it's been pretty positive. Yeah. So, um, I love, love this candle. Great name, great art. And it it brightens a room. So is that, that a wick up? Oh yes. It's a wick up. It looks like it. I think that balance of the marriage of citrus and woodsy smell. I, I, I can dig that. I, I like that blend already just by hearing about it oh yeah i can see uh, you know the i'm looking at a picture of the the candle and it does have little 
yeah, stones in it. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, because then when I looked in the candle right now, I just didn't see them. It's so like, oh my god, did I imagine crystals? But I think they floated probably to the bottom. <laughs> I'll dig them out. I'll let I'll let everyone know. But uh, yeah, really, she has really cool stuff on there, and her drawings are really neat. So go check it out. That wraps up our show for this week. Thank you again to Mia Simone for joining us and giving us a reading. Her website, PrescienceLife.com. Thanks again to all of our patrons as well for supporting our show. You can uh, join our Patreon and get access to exclusive bonus episodes and even a mug, if that's something that excites you, um, by going to patreon.com slash allthingscozy. And you can also keep up with us on Instagram and Facebook at All Things Cozy Podcast. <laughs> Until next time, stay, stay cozy. cozy.